Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning. Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM as we take you up until noon. Glad to have you aboard with us. Ken in Vegas. He's watched some hockey. He's bet and he has drank his cold tap beer. He was very excited about that. For the first time, Estella out of the tap in about 15 months for Ken. And uh, going to check within, in with him a little later this afternoon as we'll be recording our TV show. But Ken will be back on Monday. It's me. It's AD here for the first segment today in a busy guest list lined up. John Boenkamp's going to join me on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. He'll come up here at about the bottom of the hour. We'll talk some Big Four basketball with him, get his thoughts on the Iowa and Iowa State rosters. We went through that exercise yesterday of minutes trying to break down how these rosters are going to look. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little more with him. Also get into Drake and you and I. Got a question for John. Both these teams anticipated to be very good. How do you schedule in the non-conference for both those teams? We've seen you and I be very aggressive in the in the past. How about Drake? Are they going to go out and schedule that way? We'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. 11 o'clock, it'll be David Kaplan to kick things off, followed up by Pete Futek, always opinionated on college football and some off-season questions for him. But AD, Andrew Downs sitting in here for the first segment with me. What's happening? Oh, not much. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, have you talked to Ken? Uh, texted. Okay. Yes. Good. I'm, I'm glad he's having a good time. He was super excited about this. Yes. And so, you know, he hadn't been out there in a long time, hadn't seen his son in a long time, uh, was, was really excited. So I hope he's having a good time. I hope he enjoys himself and, uh, and drinks a few more of those cold tap beers. Yes. I mean, it's, it's kind of those little things that you don't even think yes. about, you know, that just become part of your, your normalcy. And those have gone away for so many different people. What part of normalcy that hasn't disappeared, though, is the fighting on Twitter between Iowa and Iowa State fans. Yes. So let's uh, come together here because last night I am doing dad things. We're getting things ready around the house, getting ready to put the kids up and get them in the bath. And I just open up Twitter and I see Dick Hoops Weiss, who I do follow, who is one of the more respected guys in college basketball. And I see a tweet that Connor McCaffrey has entered the transfer portal. Huh? I mean, it's baffling, right? Right, yeah. It makes no sense. But that's the only context that I had, and that was it. And And for the next 45 minutes, that's where I left it. That's what I thought. And as we're going through bath and bed time routine... That's all that I'm thinking about it is what, what is going on. Why? What is happening yeah. here? And because uh, th- that guy, I-, I don't follow him much, but I did see he was like one of the first people to have the Jordan Bohannon returning to mm-hmm. Iowa story. He had that a couple of days before J-Bo made that announcement. I remember Jordan even even tweeted back at him, said sources. Right. Uh, but it ultimately obviously was was the right thing. And so. Yeah, you see that, and it's like, oh, okay. He was at this, the forefront of the Frederick yeah, transfer news. That's right. He, he's kind of got his finger on the pulse here. Mm-hmm. It's easy to believe. He's a Philly guy. Him and Fran obviously have some kind of connection, you would assume, to that. So you're kind of putting all these things together. What is happening? Well, it turns out, I find out nearly an hour later, that he got this. His sources, if you will, were from a spoof article from the guys over at Wide Right Natty Light, an Iowa State fan site. Yes. 
And it was an article that said right at the beginning of it, in the headline, satire. Yes. Very large satire. Satire. All caps. And then goes on to this story. And I mean, really, even the, the headline beyond that is... Satire. Fran McCaffrey forces Connor McCaffrey into transfer portal. So, right. like, even if they hadn't had the satire there, it's pretty clear that even if you don't know why right Natty Letter, what they're all about, it's pretty clear that that's that headline should be kind of a red flag to anybody who is taking this seriously. It was. What they do over at Wide right yeah, now. Absolutely. Like, and it's a it's a funny article. Yes. It, it, absolutely. It's, it's well done. Yes. That's what they do. Yeah. It's just that. But it goes even further. So you get this back and forth that is happening. And the back and forth between Iowa and Iowa State fans. And it, it, it seemed for the most part pretty good natured. But then Matt Weitzel over at the University of Iowa basically sends a cease and desist letter. Yeah. That's a bad look. I agree. I that's this is just what it is. And there's so many times that we feel, I think you and I both as Hawkeye fans, that Iowa can't get out of their own way. Yeah, they don't get it. Yeah. Right? As, yeah. Uh, from time to time. And, and they've gotten better about that over the past yes. several years. Uh, they're, they are they are learning as they go. Mm-hmm. It's taking a little longer than, than you would hope. But uh, you would hope by, by this point, I mean, anybody in these positions should should know that the way to make this a bigger story is to respond to it. Right. Because that's what it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hadn't seen this. I hadn't seen the, the tweet. The first thing I saw were was some Hawkeye Twitter people responding to Wide Right Natty Light posting this Matt Weitzel email. Mm-hmm. And it was it was much the response that I think a lot of Iowa fans of oh come on. What really? Yeah. Really? And and like, you know, honestly congratulating Wide Right Natty Light <laughs> on on the win that they had, you know, by posting this article and getting Iowa to officially respond to it. Uh that's how you make this a bigger story. Mm-hmm. I may not have seen this at all. Had I would not responded to this, but that's how it came across my timeline. And then, yeah, I dug into it a little bit mm-hmm. more. It ultimately got me to go to Wide Ride Natty Light and read their article. So that you know, another big win for them. Uh, so yeah, Iowa stepped in it a little bit here. And as I think the way you put it was right, they have trouble getting out of their own way. It happens so often. It does. And this is yet another one. This is exactly what they do at Wide Ride Natty Light. It's funny, and, and even the ones that aren't funny and. Let's be honest. There's some that all right, absolutely. They missed on yes, that one. You miss. Yes, this one was good. It, it's funny. I got a chuckle out of it. It's yeah. even as a Hawkeye fan, and you have to take that from time to time. And but, again, it's funnier, like in the context of I will respond to this as though it was a serious thing, and right. and this guy tweeted about it as though it was a real headline. Like all of that context actually made me enjoy it more when I went back and read the article. Yes. So that's where we are with this. And, so Connor McCaffrey is not in the transfer no, portal. Is that is that where he is, we're he is at? not. He will yeah. not be leaving the University of Iowa. He will not be entering the transfer portal. Just such a bad look, though. I respect Dick Hoops Weiss. Guy's got Hoops as his nickname in the middle. I mean, the guy knows college basketball. Yeah, I, I've talked to him before. I've I've had him on radio shows, and boy, that one that one stinks <laughs> to see that from a guy you really respect. Have you gotten duped on Twitter before? I have. Yeah, yeah there was um there were a couple of. I don't remember exactly what they were, but there, there was something around the election. I retweeted a, a fake AP account. Okay, uh, you know it was it was something like they had called the election. You know, three days later, whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, and I retweeted that. And then yeah, pretty quickly realized, oh, that's not. Be, and it's funny because it's always things that it's always the shocking news mm-hmm. because 
if it's not shocking you don't take the time to retweet it or you do take the time to kind of look at what what account this is but you see a tweet come across your timeline Connor McCaffrey's transferring oh my gosh yeah I, I, I need to get this out right now and you don't take that time to you know click on the little picture see you know maybe even click on the headline see where this is coming from do a little bit of research because usually all it takes is just a little bit of research to find out these fake accounts these satirical stories um, but you understand the kind of the rush to get the information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bad bad look uh, <laughs> for him, and you know, just just a crazy story. Because I quote tweeted it, and I quote tweeted it basically with uh, a gift that said "shaking your head" kind of one, like what? What's going yeah, on like here? Because it didn't make sense. And then I see a little later when I got back on Twitter that it was deleted, and a lot of people were asking. What did that original tweet say? So I had to screenshot it and, and set it there. But, you know, you see it. You see it's wide right natty light as part of SB Nation. And if you see it from that direction, all right, this is a credi- credible news source. Yeah. Then you think that. And you kind of go that direction. But uh, that's what it is. That's the world that we live in. And Cyhawk Twitter, it does not die down. It doesn't matter if there is hardly anything going on here in the middle of May, where we are right now. Or if it is ramped up in September, there's always going to be something going on, which which makes the rivalry great. It does. It's it's one of the fun things. It's it's year round. It's no matter what we inject ourselves into each other's lives, even when it, the story has nothing to do with us, right? Like if, if I if there's an Iowa State story that has nothing to do with Iowa, there will be an Iowa fan commenting on it, and there will then be a fight, a Cyhawk fight, you know, in that thread somewhere. And that it does. It makes it fun. We we all care. It is important. I feel like one of the really good things is. Um, Iowa fans have kind of gone away from the we don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that that was a big thing for a long time. Iowa fans being well, it doesn't matter to us. These games don't actually matter to us. We we don't really care. When we always have. I mean, most of us always have. Right. I certainly always have. Uh, and so I, I like I like it when both fan bases kind of feel like on even footing. Even even though one you know one program has dominated the other one as of late yes they have uh, <laughs> i'd have to throw that in there uh-huh. uh but yeah it's it's fun when everybody acknowledges that it is important to all of us and uh and we could just kind of have fun with it one thing that i thought about i, I remember a couple years ago at big 10 media days talking to bromelkamp tom bromelkamp who does radio in cedar rapids over there is working in a market like that that is decidedly hawkeyes all the time and and i know on his show once a week, they'll talk a little Cyclones, maybe inject a UNI topic or two, but it is 90% of their college content is geared around the Hawkeyes. And talking to uh, a guy I know up in Minneapolis and does sports talk radio in Minneapolis, same thing. During the summertime, you're talking Twins, even when they're terrible. You know, here, we can talk Cubs yes. and White Sox and Brewers and Twins and Cardinals and Royals. It's great. And here we have Iowa and Iowa State and then down Drake and you and I, this is a great market. When it, as it pertains to the NFL, we got four teams that really matter in this market. But being in a market that isn't that way, and when the teams are not doing well or just kind of middling, that would not be fun. No. We're, we're very lucky in this market. You're exactly right, and I hadn't thought about it that way. But you're you're 100 right because there is always the Iowa Iowa State thing. There's always something there that doesn't work. You lived in Eastern Iowa, you know it does it, not. Work it doesn't work at the no, same level. No, because you don't have the the Iowa State fans. Mm-hmm. You don't have the. Uh, I mean, the, even the, like the TV stations don't cover Iowa State right. the way that ours do. So, uh, it, one of the fun things about Central Iowa is 
we are informed fans about each other's teams. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like when we are fighting with each other, I watch almost as many Iowa State games as I watch Iowa games. I know everything about their programs. I've seen all their games. I'm invested in those things albeit on a different level than I am with Iowa. And so those fights are a little more fun. They're a little more intense like that. And then, yeah, we, we can pick and choose whatever we want. If, if the Cubs and Twins are terrible this year, yep. hey, the White Sox and Cardinals are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the Bears, if, if the Packers lose their Hall of Fame quarterback, hey, the Bears just drafted their next Hall of Fame quarterback, <laughs> you know? Uh, there, there's always something. I hadn't thought of it like that because you think, well, Des Moines, Iowa, they don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, they have Iowa, Iowa State, and then what? Well, we have fans of, of everything here, yeah. and, and that's fun. Did I ever tell you the story? This is probably about a decade ago now, but talk to the guy that was the buyer at Shields for their professional sports merchandise. And I asked him both MLB, and he said it was Cubs far and away. It was Then it was pretty close between the Twins and the Cardinals yeah. and the Royals after that. But I asked him, again, and the Bears were pretty good at the time, but of the four, what do you guys sell the most merchandise? He said, it's basically a fourth. Down the line. Really? The Bears at the time were at the top, but it was... That, I'm sure that fluctuates. Right. 27%, say, yeah. of, of the four. It was that close, which was crazy for me to think about. Because when I moved here, you know, I remember in Eastern Iowa, getting Chiefs games every once in a while, I'm like, why have we got the Chiefs games? <laughs> like, it just, it was it was a non-starter. And where I grew up in North Iowa, even more. Where yeah. it just didn't make sense. It didn't... There was no Chiefs fans around. There just weren't. And then moving here, and the significant number, and... That number feels like it's growing yes, in the last couple of for years. Sure. But that's a great thing about this market. I would love to talk more bears, but they got to be good. Yeah. And they got to move the needle. And if they're not moving the needle and they're on their way to another 5 and 11, then we'll be talking Packers and we'll be talking Vikings. Exactly. And of course, we're always talking Chiefs, it feels like now. As you have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got Patrick Mahomes. So did you uh, see the news? The Sunday night football game to kick off the season. It will be Rams hosting the Bears. Justin Fields a quarterback? Not Justin Fields a quarterback, I don't no, think. No, no. It'd be great. I mean, I hope he goes in there and, and blows them away and wins the job and looks ready and, and they, they decide that, hey, week one, you're you're our guy. Uh, that'd be fantastic. I don't expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the the fact that the NFL is, is putting them in that position on Sunday night. I, I like those primetime games a lot. Um, the Rams will be an interesting team. There's there's so much change in the NFL. I mean, really always year to year, but it feels like this year there's going to be so many different faces on different teams. Uh, to see Stafford there is going to be mm-hmm. interesting, um, and, and you know who knows what's going to happen with the Packers and their situation. So you look at this kind of Week One schedule, and there's a lot of really intriguing games on there. And still, kind of a lot up in the air that, that we're not sure about. And the Bears is, is one of those things because Andy Dalton going out there Sunday night, eh? Right, but it's like, what if Justin Fields looks really good in the third postseason or preseason game, or however many they're having this year? I think they're scheduled <laughs> for they, four. Do they still no. have four? No, because no, the seventeen games. Seventeen season? is down to three. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. So is the second preseason game yeah. the one now? The important one, right? Yeah, the one that everybody cares about, that everybody watches. Like, let's say he looks really good, and and even though they're not going to start him on you know on Sunday night, week one. What if Andy Dalton doesn't look good? And at halftime, the Bears are down by 10. And, hey, Justin Fields has had a pretty good camp, and let's just pull the trigger right now. Let's just do this. Uh, I think it's interesting. I love these NFL schedule releases. It just – as I'll, I'll take the Ken Miller mantle here for just a second. Yeah. King, King football, mm-hmm. right? Like, I care more about the release of the NFL schedule than I do 
many other things in professional sports yeah. and like I far far and away more than I care about the NHL right now uh, more than I care about most of the NBA right now as they kind of lead into the playoffs uh, baseball I'm into it right now because my team's in first place but outside of that it's still early enough in the season that I'm letting the dust kind of settle before I make any real informed opinions on on the league and so tonight my sports world is the NFL schedule and that's wild. There's no other <laughs> league other than like 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 the Hawkeye football schedule, right. I guess, is kind of like that. But even that, you already have a pretty good idea of what that's going to look like. Um, there's just it, king football. It's just king football. It's incredible. And this is a day that can be a little frustrating, too, because speaking of getting duped on Twitter, this is one of the times I've been got a couple of different times from fake accounts that are out there. Thanksgiving games are confirmed. Here are your four. Da, da, da. And then it's not right. Yes. You know, and, and things like that. I've been duped so many different times as it pertains to the schedule release. And, and that was the first thing when I saw yesterday it was going to be Rams-Bears. I had to look at like two different places just to make sure, yes. was this coming from a real place? Well, this one comes from the real NFL Twitter account. So I'm going to believe this one. At NFL, it is verified. Yes. Week one schedule is out. So we are officially out with week one. The kickoff, Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champion, they will be hosting Dallas. Think that'll get a good number? Yes. Tom Brady against Yeah. The Cowboys to kick things off. And then you go through. Minnesota, they open things up. They'll be in Cincinnati for their first game of the year. Cleveland goes to Kansas City. That's a good game. Pretty intriguing one uh, to get things going in the noon window and uh, late afternoon window. I saw New England, Miami. But yeah, overall, don't see the Packers. Are they going to be Monday Night Football? I would assume then. That's yeah, what I guess so. Yeah, right. That that must be what that means. And I think that makes sense because even if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, I think the intrigue of what Jordan Love or quarterback X that comes in to take that job, what that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs watching them, even without Aaron Rodgers early, and you get them early before they're one and five. Yeah, and then you try to put them on prime time. It makes it a little more difficult. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Bill Steelers. That's that should yes. be a really good yeah. game. Uh, there's a lot of good games, and and again, it's just wild that I can I can look at this uh, uh, Sunday in September, mm-hmm. and like I'm already excited for it. Like that Browns Chiefs game. Hell yeah, sit yes. me down. I want to watch that entire game. Uh, you know, Bears Sunday night, Cowboys Bucks Thursday. Like I've already got that weekend planned. <laughs> but we're six months away. Yeah, September twelfth, whatever it'll be. Yeah. Eh, got it figured out. That's a pretty good place to be. <laughs> well, you mentioned the NBA, so I had to pull this out. Last night, were you watching? Were you on TNT or were you sleeping? I was sleeping. You're sleeping. Yeah. Well, for people that missed it last night, not just the Lakers, but the Iowa Connection. 26 seconds. Shot clock down to eight. Here's Horton Tucker, three-pointer on its way. It's good! Taylen Horton Tucker. What a shot that was. It was huge. He's confident. He was good. And a necessary game, as you know very well, yes. for the Lakers as they try to stay out of the playing round. Yeah, had to have that without LeBron last night, but AD back. And, and Horton Tucker, to, to be the guy to have the ball in overtime with you know 10 seconds left, down by one. And then, as you said, have the confidence to not drive it, not kick it, go out there and take a three. Uh, wild, and then the Knicks really screwed up their final yeah. possession. Had, had you know had nowhere to go. Had to kind of throw up a prayer there. But uh, big, big win for the Lakers. And man, two years ago, I, I would have never thought Taylor Horton Tucker was going to be this pivotal to this team. Mm-hmm. Even last season, right? Like it, to think that he is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands at the end of games. Sometimes 
and he's 21 years old. It's it's really incredible what he's done already. It developed himself into a really good player, yes. kind of did everything necessary, and you see why so many people were intrigued by him. Yeah, too. And, and you see why NBA player, why NBA teams will take a chance on a guy who's mm-hmm. 18 years old because they know, hey, even if he's not there yet, we can bring him in, we can develop him the way that we want to, and uh, and and see because I think there was a lot of question about THD when he left. Oh, absolutely, yeah. uh, and and I think rightfully so. He hadn't really proven that he was at that level yet. I thought maybe another year or two in college and he could do that. Well, he didn't need that. Mm-hmm. He needed to go to the NBA and and develop himself there. And good for him and good for the Lakers for seeing that. You know, and that kind of goes to the conversation we've had about Keegan Murray. Yeah. Where, yeah. Boy, really? And you see, he showed up. I saw in another first round mock draft yep. yesterday for the 2022 class. And you look at him and you look at the season that he had. And you're like, what? But that you look at the things that are important to them: length, athletic ability, age. He can shoot it, and I think he'll shoot it better even this season. But efficiency numbers through the roof. That's the same thing. Tyrese Halliburton. Remember when I first heard that? What are you talking yeah, right. about? He's a nice college player. No, for sure. They're looking for something completely different. And you watch more, certainly regular season NBA than I do. I watch the T-Wolves, and I see a lot of bad basketball. Though all of a sudden, they're playing well and trying to lose their draft pick, which is just <laughs> so frustrating as it happened again last night right. as they uh, blew out Detroit. But you watch it, and you see... It is such a different kind of basketball than even high-level college basketball. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, have you ever seen the show The Voice on NBC? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've noticed something when I don't watch it a lot, but we, we, my wife and I, kind of like the the blind audition mm-hmm. part of it, the or the early part of that show. And there will be times where s- all of these people are good singers, right? It's not like American Idol where some of the people really suck. Like all of these people have essentially been handpicked to come on this show because they're good singers. And it'll be like five seconds into a song, and all four of these people will turn their chairs. And they heard something there, right? Mm -hmm. These professional singers, these professional musicians, these people who do this for a living and are around producers and record labels and whatever, they hear something that I can't hear. I just hear five seconds of a, a decent singer, right? But these people all heard something that told them, oh, no, this is a different level. And it's like that with these NBA guys because I see Taylor Horton Tucker and I see, yeah, he's a pretty good college player and has the potential to be really good. They see something different. Tyrese Halliburton, the same way. Keegan Murray. They look at these guys and they see something that I, just the normal guy watching basketball, even though I watch a good amount of basketball, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know exactly what it is they're looking for, but mm-hmm. they know it when they see it, and they're not wrong all that often. Would you be a better scout in basketball, baseball, or football? Jeez. That's a really good question. Because I, I don't know. Because I, I You know, know I do so many high school games. Yeah. And, and yeah, you do a lot. You see a lot of high school action. And there's so many times where I'll say, and I'll, I'll watch a kid, and I'll watch the, my second, third time, watching a kid, say, on the basketball floor. And I'm a boy. He's got to at least be, you know, a mid-major prospect. Like, nah, nah he's he's D two at best. Like, what? Hey, he might go to Warburg. What? Hey, I'm just I'm baffled by that. And I see these kids, and I I see the athletic ability and how high that is, and just that difference. Same thing, baseball. Now, baseball would probably be the one where I think I have the better eye. That's kind of where I'm leaning. Those to. guys pop. They really do on a yes. on a high school baseball field. Yes, those guys carry themselves differently. I think of the guys that have had a lot of success at Iowa and even at that level. And I, Peyton Williams from Johnston, who yes. is out there just mashing home runs. I saw that dude as a freshman, and you could tell right away he was different. Well, you're playing as a freshman at Johnston, 
you got to be a little different. But For sure. there's those kind of guys. It'd probably be baseball, football, offensive line. I think I know. I don't really know. Exactly. I, I think I know. Same thing with basketball. I, right. I think I know I don't. I guess I'd just have to fall back on baseball. Part of it is I, I probably played more baseball than I did yeah. those other sports, and so I kind of know what goes into it. Because I'm like you. I see somebody. I've, I was awful at basketball. That's why I quit basketball and started wrestling, because I was just terrible at basketball. I still am. Um, if I see somebody who's good at basketball, I'm like amazed by it. Like I could see high school kids just be like, "Oh my God, he's a stud!" Yeah, and then, as you said, be like, "Eh, you know, he he might walk on at you know a D two school." Yeah, like, "Oh, okay, no, <laughs> like, he, but he could kick my ass." Yeah, uh, and yeah, so I think I think you're probably right. Baseball, just kind of the way guys carry themselves, mm-hmm. um, and just yeah, the way the. As cliches, I'm going to go into like the money ball, old man scout. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, ball really pops off the bat. You can hear it, right? When he when he hits the ball, you can hear it. it sounds different. You know, when when it when the pitcher throws it and it hits the glove, it, it sounds different. It's got a sound to it. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Right, right. I feel like I could, if I had to, I'd be. I think I'd be terrible at all of it. But if I had to, I'd probably go baseball. You know, and that's another thing. Even at the minor league level, go down to an iCubs game, and there are those guys now. It does hurt if you do know him and you do know a guy's a good prospect, yes. but there are certain guys that you'll watch and like, that guy's at a different level yeah. than the rest of them. And you don't see it as much at the AAA level. A lot of times it's younger. You know, go to Cedar Rapids Colonels game. For sure. And yes. You can pick out the one or yeah. two guys there that have a shot. You see Byron Buxton when he was down there. Yep. Oh yeah. That guy's different. And those kind of guys as they're making their way through. But you'll still see it here. And you'll see a guy, and even it doesn't have to be a major leaguer that's on a rehab assignment, just a guy that's waiting his turn, and they are different. Yeah. And you can see that a lot better. Well, AD, fun conversation. Yeah, today. always a good time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, you got one more day in you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it. And uh, let John Bonacamp know who's in first place in the NOS. I, I definitely will. His Dodgers sitting in third. Yeah. Behind the Giants. Did you, uh, were you able to flip on the Giants at all yesterday afternoon? I, I, I caught the end of it, yeah. I caught the last couple of innings. I did too. And I, I looked at it and said, how in God's name is this team good? <laughs> right. They, they do not impress no. on the surface nope. at all. It's it's kind of, and the the odd thing, but also like as a Giants fan, the comforting thing is it's the formula that they've used over the last decade yeah. to be good, right? Like watching the Giants win those three World Series, they were never a dominant team. They were never a great offensive team. They won by uh, good pitching, timely hitting, and smart play, and that's kind of what this team is doing right now. They're not going to blow anybody away, and yeah, you can sit down and watch them and not think they're going to be a, a great team, but they find ways to win games, they find ways to win close games, and when they've done that in the past, they've done pretty well. Bullpen, timely hitting, yep. kind of the little things of yeah, baseball, right. and that—that's what it's all about. I, just looking at the team, looking at that roster, eh, yeah, and right, they sit in first place, and that's all that matters. Well, speaking of baseball, we're not going to talk about the uh, other teams involved yesterday in the Midwest. We don't need to talk about that White Sox Twins game, right? <laughs> Let's talk about Cardinals Brewers. Time for another thousand dollar home run. He through the years has hit three twenty nine. Paul Goldschmidt. First pitch is hammered, out to deep left, it's at the wall, gone! Two-run blast for Goldie, 3-1 St. Louis! Those are the times, just perfect timing for me, I had frustrating uh, turn off of 668, moved over to 671 (laughs) on DirecTV and was able to see Coldschmidt hit that home run and he absolutely tattooed it, a 5-run 11th. As the Cardinals extend their lead over the Brewers in the 6-1 victory there. 
Cardinals are playing really good. Baseball. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Twenty-two and fourteen on the year. The Brewers dropped to nineteen and seventeen. And a keyword for you now: KXNO.com and that thousand-dollar home run. It is summer. Go to KXNO.com. Put summer in for the code word. Your chance to win a thousand dollars at KXNO.com. Quick timeout. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk with John Bowencamp. Take a look around Big Four basketball, some baseball with him, and a whole lot more as we take you to noon. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO at 106. With the extra bread in your wallet. All right, welcome back as we continue on. John Bowencamp joining us right now as we take a look at college basketball in our state. We talk some Dodgers baseball with him. Everything else that's going on, a little Americana also. Minor League Baseball underway here. The Iowa Cubs in action. Another great performance from them last night out on the bump. As, uh pitching staff has looked very good for the I-Cubs. But John joins us here on a Wednesday. Mr. Bowencamp, Wise Owl, what's new with you? Not much. Just uh, getting ready for our own baseball down here in Burlington. Getting ready for Prospect League baseball here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, so College so, kids come into town. So. so is this like the Northwoods League where... You know, in the past, Waterloo Bucks, that, that's the one that I know very well. You know, mm-hmm. go in Cedar Falls. Uh, we'd pop over there and be kids that are in college, but after their yep. season ends, they go there. Is that what Burlington now has? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a, it's a prospect league, it's a wood bat league that plays. Uh, has, you know, Iowa, has Iowa teams in Clinton, Burlington. There's a lot of Illinois teams, uh, a couple teams down in St. Louis, the St. Louis area. Uh, there's a team in Lafayette, Indiana, plays where Purdue plays. There's a team in... Terre Haute that plays where Indiana State plays. So there's a it's it's kind of spread out. I think there's even a team in, in western Pennsylvania too, which they don't come here. I think they, they limit them to that side of you know, that side mm-hmm. of the league. But it's a pretty wide ranging league through the Midwest here. You think the people of Burlington are still gonna support it in the same way they did minor league baseball? Yeah, um yeah, I think so. I mean I it's gonna be up I mean it's gonna be up to the franchise to to do the promotions, and they already have a pretty big promotion schedule. They've got, um, but I mean, they, they have they they have a local kid from Burlington High School who plays at, at the junior college here, who has, who had a really good baseball team this year. A couple other JUCO kids from here or there. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of kids from a lot of players from down south that that are that are coming here. So, I mean, I think people will. I think people will warm up to it. I mean, I, I think the key. For me, is how's it, how's it going to be on opening night? Because they open the Sunday night of Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, what's the crowd going to be like? And I think maybe that sets the tone for the rest of the summer. And 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 I, and I think people will come out. Cheap beer is cheap beer, right. you know. And yep. so um, on those nights, people will come out and watch baseball. And if it's a good team, um, yeah, you know, I think people will come out. I think so too. And it's baseball ultimately, and it's right. the game. And yeah, will you see the next next Mike Trout coming through? Probably not, but you know what? You might still, I mean, these are still college guys, and you might see a great prospect that comes through there and makes yep. their way through it. And I remember speaking of the Waterloo Bucks, seeing the walls and the alumni that made their way through there that had played with that team. So it's going to happen. It's going to be a different context, certainly. And ultimately, it's a night out at the ballpark, great place to take the family, go out there, have some fun. And we see it here with the Iowa Cubs as well. With that, oh, exactly. uh, and, and I'm sure you're probably excited to actually watch some good baseball because you've been watching yeah. crap with your Dodgers. Oh. Well, I mean, guys have been hurt. I mean, and, and I mean, I think I think some of it was their own doing. With I think they tried to get too cute with the bullpen. And I mean, let's let's be honest; they've lost a lot of games in extra innings because they didn't have 
they didn't have those good bullpen guys outside of Kenley Jansen and Blake Trine, and they've had injuries. And it's also May, whatever it is, you know. And it's <laughs> like it, it's, I'm not worried. It's you know they won last night, came back, came from behind last night, down four one. Um, maybe it's a good sign that things are coming together. We have a long way to go yet. Yeah, you do, and, and we we like poking fun at you, but you're absolutely sure. right. It. So uh, for the Mediacom show that Ken and I do, we put together our power rankings. And we talked before the season, will there ever be a week where we won't have the Dodgers at the, at the top of the National League? And we didn't think we would. We didn't. Right. And this week they're fifth with me. And, and I'm not you know, blowing smoke. There was really a part where I almost didn't even put them in my top five of the National League. If there was a they series played this ball. weekend, who, who would I choose? Well, I'd certainly take the Cardinals, the Brewers. The Mets, I think, before them. I think I'd take the Dodgers to win, uh, the Giants to win a series against them this weekend, the Padres. So, yeah, I probably should have put them at fifth. But you also look at that team, and you still look at what they have, right. one through 26. Even with the injuries, boy, that's a good team. You know, I think back to I think back to 2017 when they should have won the World Series. <laughs> um, and did, in my mind. But anyway... Um, that that team that year lost eleven in a row in in, in late August and early September. So everybody it is in a hundred sixty two game schedule. Everybody runs into issues, and it's like better to get them out of the way now. You know, and the other thing is too that they haven't been able to get the minor league help because the, the minor leagues haven't been playing mm-hmm. in the month of April. And you had maybe there were some young arms down there that you could bring up that those guys hadn't pitched yet. They were just pitching either at the alternate site or or at extended spring training or whatever. You know, I think that's made a difference with some teams in in Major League Baseball this early on that have had injuries, whatever. Guys haven't been playing every day at some of these places and and haven't been able, you know. So I I think, you know, once once these teams kind of get going, Triple A gets going and that sort of thing, there's some help on the way. It's just going to take about a month or two to get there. John Bonenkamp joining us. All right, John, uh, a big Dodgers fan, but let's jump in to Big Four basketball. Yesterday on the program, I started to do one of my favorite summer activities, and it's a lot of people say stupid. That's okay. It's summer. It's spring. We're trying to figure out minutes for basketball teams, and I went through okay. and talked to David Eichholt 24-7 on the Iowa side and also talked to Michael Swain on the Iowa State side, getting there 200 minutes for each team with these teams that are going to look so different. It's a difficult exercise. It really is, but more than anything, I think it goes to show just how different these teams can look. Let's start with the Hawkeyes and your thoughts on this squad. Bohannon as a two-guard, Toussaint, Ulysses playing behind him, what this team is going to look like, how they're going to be built. How about this? Who plays the most minutes next year for Iowa after Keegan Murray? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, I... I want to say Joe Toussaint, just okay. because I think he's, I think, but, but I mean, he's going to have to be consistent. He's going to have to be, you know, now you're going to give him, you know, you, you expanded his role from, I mean, his freshman year, he started a lot of games. His role changed this year a little bit, coming off the bench. And, and I think there were times when he struggled a little bit. If, if you give him consistent starts, you know, what can he do? But I still think those point guard minutes get split up between them. I think the two guard minutes get split up a little bit. I mean, I, I, I just think that it really is hard to figure out who the number two is behind Keegan Murray because I think you're just going to be plugging in guys in different spots depending on the matchups, and it could be it could vary game to game, I think. So uh, from there, the big guys. <laughs> and I think Philip Rebracha, who we've talked about before, you got to see him when he was playing in the Summit League and playing mm-hmm. against the Leathernecks. So you know him, and he's going to yeah. play a bunch. In fact, 
That might be the guy that ends up being second yeah. just because of the construction of the team. But of the other two bigs, Riley Mulvey comes in as a true freshman. He reclassified. He'll come in. Big guy, 6'11", 240. Sounds like defensively, he might be ready to play. Offensively, not quite there. What do you get out of him? And then speculate. Agundale, I yes, he has to transform his body. But, John, the kid we saw in November, compared to the guy we saw in March going out there, he'd already improved his body. I think with the full off oh, yeah. season here, he's got a chance. He could give them 8 to 10 minutes next year. Am I crazy? No, because, I, because, because there's two things. One, he's had that full season now where he's gotten in shape. And two, he's going to have a summer. He didn't have a summer last year. You know, he was he was delayed in getting here because of the COVID restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that really set him back. And that's why he wasn't getting any sort of minutes until the end of the year because I just don't think he's right. Now you've given him a full season. Now you're going to give him a summer. And now you're going to get him, you know, in, in the weight room more. And you're going to you're going to continue to to hone that body and and, and those skills. And I think that makes a difference. And I do think he, he's a 10-minute guy next year. I think, and maybe more. Who knows? I mean, depending on what he can do defensively. You know, because that's a big body you can put in there. So, again, uh, that's not a crazy idea because I think he can play a lot of minutes. I think he can play those minutes with the more experience he gets this summer. What about Chris Murray? You know, we, we've heard... Kenyon and their dad talk a little bit in skill sets for Chris and Keegan a little bit different. We saw so much of Keegan. We see him continuing to show up on NBA draft boards for 2022 and not just ESPNs, but now another one came out yesterday. He is a guy. I heard this story back in January, and this was before he'd even kind of blown up to the extent he did during conference play. And somebody just mentioned an NBA scout that he had been talked about. And I said, what are they talking about? I, I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard, but you think about it. Keegan, 6'8". He's bouncy. He is kind of the efficiency numbers. He hits all those. What do we know about Chris? How different is he than Keegan, and how can those two guys play together? I think he's. I think he's very similar, and I think that's the thing. I mean, you can, uh, you know, Keegan obviously has, has taken that step forward. Now you, now if you're Fran McCaffrey, you hope Chris Murray can take that step forward this summer. And again, what what kind of you know what kind of consistent summer? these guys get compared to last year is going to make a big difference i think and he's going to be another one i think benefits from 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 seeing now he's he's seen a season of basketball he now knows what it takes he's a lot like his brother his brother has just taken that step a lot faster than he has so now can he make that next move can he be one of those guys that you can plug in and i think he can and i mean in fran mccaffrey even said that at the end of the year that he was you know he had confidence in him so i mean again now he's had a full season. Now let's see what kind of step he can make. With that, this uh, basketball team, it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. Where your expectations are, do you think this is even a, a bubble team? Is that a realistic expectation? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I, and I think it goes back to the experience. And I mean, I think, I think there's still a lot of experienced guys there. And you added, you added a quality player in, in the front court in Rebracha. You brought back. A, you know, you're bringing back a six-year player who's played a lot of minutes for you and has, has hit a lot of big shots. They're in a lot better place than I think a lot of people, a lot of people think. And so it's just going to be a matter of how do you know who gets the minutes? Where do some of these guys? How do, how does Tony Perkins, you know, for example, mm-hmm. what kind of step does he make this summer? What kind of step does Aaron Ulyss make? What, what, what kind of step do these guys make to to go there? And, and, I, and I don't think that's out of the question that this team could make the tournament. Because I think there's a lot of talent there. It's just a matter of, of how it all fits together. 
All right, let's jump to Iowa State. And the one thing that always jumps off to me when I look at this roster, it's there's a lot of names, but fighting minutes, fighting minutes for now 13 right. guys that probably feel like they're going to get minutes, it's not going to happen. And how you pair this down right. even to a nine-man rotation becomes incredibly difficult. The one thing, though, Tyrese Hunter, the point guard that comes in from Milwaukee, dude was the MVP last week at the Iverson camp who really played at a high, high level there against the best of the best coming in uh, their freshman years. He's going to be out there, and he might be out there 35, 36 minutes a game because I don't think there's a backup point guard even on the roster. Right. And that's going to be his, that's going to be his summer battle is to figure out, you know, and that's going to be the summer battle within that program is figuring out where all this fits together. How do these guys get along? How do they, you know, what sort of chemistry do they have? Because I think that's going to be the biggest thing this summer is getting these guys to know each other. And then it becomes who gets, but like you said, there's, there's only so many minutes you can play and you've brought in a lot of guys. And it's just a matter of now, again, finding where it all fits and, and finding where your, your freshman fits and that sort of thing. And, and so I, I think that's his, that's TJ Altenberger's biggest challenge this summer. Is, is figuring out where this whole thing fits and how it comes together. Who plays more minutes this year, Gabe Kalsher or Isaiah Brockington? Uh, I'm going to go Brockington, and I, and I just because I, I like him a little bit better when I saw him in the Big Ten, and I, I think he's the one that probably gets more minutes. But again, I, that was a great late get for them, yeah. and and again, that's that that was um, you know a, a big. A big thing that's a big player to get that kind of late, and it's funny to say late. <laughs> this process is going to go on all summer, I think, in a lot of places. And so, I, I mean, it was it was a good get for them, and, I, and it was really. And, and so, I think he probably is the one that gets more minutes. I think Drake also picked up a grad transfer coming in from Nebraska Omaha, another mm-hmm. Summit League uh, guy. And everything that I've read about him, I mean, this seems like just an outstanding, a, a perfect fill in for what they lost going down to Kansas. Yep. It seems almost like it, you, you found the exact right guy for that spot. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's the one thing that I found really interesting about the portal and seeing how some of these teams have handled it is they lose guys, and then they go out and they find somebody just like it. And I think that's what they found here. And I think, that I, I think again, an experienced player who plays at a high level, um, you know, you, you lose a key player, and then you go find That's what the portal's going to be from now on. And I, and I think I think it's it's going to be the and it's been I've been interested. I look at some of these. I'll bring up Western Illinois for example. They lost four kids in the portal. Three of them were freshmen. Well, they went out and got four guys that were all juniors and seniors. <laughs> and it's like so now all of a sudden you, you not only got better but you got older. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing moving forward with the portal. And I think Drake handled this very well. You went out and you got an older player who who is incredibly talented and can play that position that you need him to play. Final thing for you, both Drake and you and I, we both anticipate have chances to to be really good. We've seen Coach Jacobson go out in the past and schedule very aggressively. We don't know exactly what non-conference schedules are going to look like for the majority of teams this year. We anticipate that all the exempt tournaments are going to be back and everything's going to be fine there. But when you look at you and I, when you look at Drake and somebody that you voted in the AP poll for a number of years, you look at these teams and these mid-majors and kind of how they build it, how would you get a call? DeVries calls you up, Jake calls you up, say, Bowen Camp, we need help from the Wise Owl. How are you telling them to schedule their non-conference this year? I, I think you can get a lot of those games of teams that look like you. And I think Jake has done a good job of that all the year. I know that they're unhappy out there, up there that they don't play 
Iowa State and Iowa anymore, but he mm-hmm. has put together a really good schedule. He's also gotten in good Thanksgiving tournaments. He, now that, you know, Drake has kind of maybe gotten to that level, too, where now maybe they get those Thanksgiving tournament invitations. Those, those are important. But, I mean, I think both of them will find really good matchups from teams. It's just a question of where do you want to play them because everybody wants you to play them at their place. So it just depends on who they can get because they're going to have to get some home games. They're going to have to get some games in Des Moines and Cedar Falls. They're going to, you know, so so I think that's the way they're going to look this year. And I, I, I do think the scheduling gets back to normal. I think we get back to the normal 31 games. I think we get back to the exempt turns. I think we get back to normal in that way. It's just going to be a question to them of finding matchups. And I think they're able to do that just because of the reputation they've built and the, and the rep for Drake and what they've been able to do here in the last couple of years. Iowa State, they're going to be at the preseason NIT, Memphis, Virginia Tech, and Xavier, the other teams involved in that one. You and I has uh, confirmed that they will be playing at the old Diamond Head Classic in Honolulu yeah. over Christmas. BYU is going to be there. Of course, Hawaii, Liberty, who's been really good uh, lately. New Mexico State, another good mid-major team. Stanford, Wyoming, the others there. So, decent chance to at least get some decent wins and haven't yep. seen anything for Iowa or Drake. Have you heard anything concerning at least the Hawkeyes uh, exempt tournament? this year no i have not and, and i wonder i wonder if they'll do another I, I i keep thinking they're playing somewhere but i can't remember i somebody told me and i can't remember now where it is um but i think they find it i think they find a good one maybe they maybe they do like they did this year where they have the 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 mte at home i always want them to bring back the old man a hawkeye <laughs> classic but that's just me um i'm a super I, I, i'm a super I, chevy shootout guy myself Yes, I want to see. I want to see them get kind of creative with the schedule this year, and I think they will. They'll find a neutral court game, and I think again th- these things will all come out here in the next month. I- I'm anxious to see it. I just I want I want to get that talk going again of who's playing who and, and get back to normal like that. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Let's get a neutral court game here in Des Moines, and then I can buy you a beer. What do you say? Exactly. I mean, I wish the Big Four Classic was back, but that's again that's me too. I hear you. Hey, Wise Owl, good catching up with you talking as always, and, well, we'll do it again soon. Appreciate your time. Always good. Talk to you soon. John Boycamp joining us here as we talk a little college basketball with the self-proclaimed Wise Owl. We're going to take a quick timeout, come back on the other side, finish up the first hour. Still a lot more to come, including David Kaplan. He'll kick off hour number two. We'll talk White Sox, Cubs, Bears, Bulls. Blackhawks? Eh, probably not. We'll find a lot to talk about, though. David Kaplan, right at the top of the hour, 11.05, with Cappy coming your way, presented by Centurion Stone. Come back with more here in a moment A 1460 KXNO and 106.com. minutes here of the first hour. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent running solo here today. Glad to have you aboard with us. Got some picks coming your way at the end of the show. Hour two, David Kaplan's going to stop by. A lot of baseball talk with him. Also talk some Bears. We'll see what else pops up from Chicago. And then later in the hour, it will be our friend Pete Futek. College football news, a deep dive around college football with him. But as the NFL schedule release continues to trickle out, the official announcement will come out this evening and a lot of different places that you can get that with the schedule release. What I go to first, though, 
is the point spreads. And yes, point spreads are already out for all the week one games except for one. Of course, the Thursday nighter, it will be the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're hosting Dallas Thursday night football. Buccaneers, a six and a half point favorite right now. Give me the Cowboys. I'll grab the points in that one. Some other games of interest. How about the Vikings? They'll go to Cincinnati. Minnesota favored in that one by two and a half. You have the Bears Sunday night football. They are a touchdown dog in their matchup against the Rams. That Saints-Packers game, though, off the board because of the impending questions as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers and where he'll be getting his mail for the 2021 football season. And the Chiefs, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Brownies in Week 1. Oh, it looks so, so good to have those Week 1 lines out in front of me. Quick timeout when we come back on the other side. David Kaplan will be with us from Chicago. White Sox played well. How about the Cubs? Can they stay in it? We'll talk about that more. Hour 2 right around the corner on KXNO.